to go through them. Uh, obviously, by taking pride in the eternal values, um, it's always good that we don't just kind of um, land on one, one scripture when uh, the broader picture is there as a result of understanding what God is saying across his word. Um, I've given you a couple of scriptures there. If I'm to boast, let me boast in the Lord. In other words, the place for taking pride, and therefore the place humble people can take pride, is in the Lord and what he has provided for us. What does it mean for a rich person to have a low position? Simply to understand that uh, we don't place value uh, of eternal nature on riches. Riches don't count for anything in terms of true values, kingdom values. Is it wrong to be rich? Uh, if you feel it is and you're rich, I'm willing to help you. <laughs> Just bring it here now and I will receive it um, in a humble way. No, it's just wrong to trust in riches. Uh, do you have to be materially poor to be humble, or can you be humble and rich? Yes, you can be humble and rich, just as you can be poor and arrogant. Um, those things are not necessarily connected. The issue, again, is where we trust. Where, where the Bible says it's how hard it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, that's not because of his riches, because of trusting in riches rather than trusting in God. And if you remember last week, uh, the whole thing was about where we place our trust. Uh, an interesting point raised here was James addressing a particular issue with a particular church, or is it a universal teaching? It's important that we understand that um, the Word of God, what's in the Bible, is given uh, to all of us, uh, and it's a, what, what we call a living Word. It has God speaks to us through it in the here and now. It's not just events or stories of long ago. Uh, it's, it's basically God's way of speaking to us. And therefore, the whole of Scripture is all given for edification, for comfort, for reproof. Everything that God has put there is for our development. And it has a present and um, uh, constant uh, value. And by the way, as far as one particular church, if you remember right at the beginning... Uh, the introduction to James chapter 1 was that he's addressing to the churches scattered uh, throughout the world as a result of the persecution. Very important. Uh, can uh, faith and fame really mix? Well, yes. Uh oh. Did I finish? I, I pressed a button. I pressed that one. That, was that the last one? No, oh, yeah. oh. Right. Can we go back to that one? Because I didn't answer that one. Can faith and fame... Yeah, uh, Billy Graham was famous and faithful. Yeah, um, yeah it, the, the two things uh, can go together. Which button did you say to press? I, didn't, I was looking at the text at the time. You should be here, not there. Which one? This one? Down. Ah, Yes. Do you leave people to boast uh, or do we engage with them? I think that applies to anything. Um, we do as God the Holy Spirit leads us. We're not sort of uh, God's policemen or traffic wardens, uh, but we are there to help one another. Look, the Bible says that the 
The spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. And I think it's a good place to start off from the fact that we believe that there is a desire in one another to, to go God's way. And sometimes that doesn't, uh, doesn't happen, doesn't work out. So, in essence, we're looking to uh, be led by God to do what he gives us to do at that time. How can you recognize when you're going about your business in a bad way? Uh, if the business is about you and not God, if you're determined to be in charge rather than God, you'll get yourself into a mess. Okay. Am I going too quick? Are you bored? Are you bored? Sorry? You can't see the questions. Oh, I didn't know that. Thank you, Avril. Do you want me to help you guys? We've got some technical <laughs> issues there. All right. Shall I carry on a little bit? Okay. All right. What is the high position, exaltation, that those who are poor to have, that we're basically seated together with Christ in heavenly places? There's actually no we're citizens of heaven. There's no higher place than that. Shouldn't someone who's worked hard for where they've got to be proud of where they've got to? Hmm. Better focus, I guess, would be to recognize who helped us to get there. Um, that it's God's help. Um, that we go on to see every good and perfect gift comes from God himself and that I can do nothing without Christ. It's important that we understand it's not about the position, it's about the recognition of how we got there. Is that it? Is it happened now? Do you want to go back over them again? I'm so glad that you don't come here to be entertained. Yeah. We come to, to pick up what God is saying to us. Wouldn't it be awful if I had to entertain you? I'd have to sing and dance and do fire eating and things like that. Belly dancing, did you say? Yeah. Right. Should I give this back to you, Jamie? Okay, Pick Up Your Paddle is the title of today's sermon. I'm trying to impress you. All right, we'll, we'll understand that a little bit more as we go on. Um, let's turn to the next verse that we're looking at. We're not going to go through the whole book verse for verse, but we're picking up certain things that we sense what God's saying, what God will speak to us at this time. <clears throat> Verse uh, 12, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. It kind of takes us back to where we began uh, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials. So we've got to keep that in mind when we're looking at this uh, so that we don't want to go um, through that same thing again. But it is important. Why is it important? Why is it important? Because if the Word of God brings us back to it, it's like saying, by the way, did you pick up what I said in the first place? You know, it's not just 
Oh, he forgot what he'd said a few minutes ago, and he's saying it again. This is because there's something that, uh, that is a, a, a constant um, strand or theme about where we place our trust, how we develop in trust, and how we can be diverted from that or continue in that. All right, so we did very well last week in a rewording of that. Um, so why don't you do what I know you enjoy doing, don't you? Yes, little groups and reword that verse for me in your own words. But while you're doing it, while you're doing it, just have a little thought so that you'd be able to say, what is this price? What is it? And what are the requirements that are necessary to get there? All right, so you're, you're rewording the verse in groups of four or five, working together, all right, putting it in your own words, and then at the same time you're going to look at what is this price, so you know what it, you've got an answer for that, and, and what's required, how do we, how do we get there uh, in order to receive that, all right? And there's some um, little post-it notes things on the tables either side, which one of the more active, fit, um, strong, energetic, and attractive members of your group could come and take one so you could write it down. If you don't have anyone strong, active, attractive, and energetic, I'll bring it to you. Right, go. Groups of five. It's quite a stark contrast, isn't there? Um, in the previous verse, we're talking about uh, things that will fade and pass away and um, about blossom that falls and beauty destroyed. And now we're talking about the crown of life. There's quite a contrast there. And... Uh, I guess most people would want to invest their, their life into something that is lasting rather than something that's just going to pass away. Um, it caused me to turn back again to a psalm we've looked at before, that, but I do very much like it, Psalm 84. Um, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. My soul yearns even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. I guess that's, that's a place that we'd really want to constantly be in. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, which is basically referring to a place that is close to the presence of God. O Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house, they are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. And here's the bit, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. Those who have decided that they need never stop learning, changing, developing. It's a process, an ongoing, uh, increasing uh, movement goes on to say as they even pass through the valley of Baca that's a dry place a difficult place they make it a place of springs 
The autumn's rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength until they obtain the goal. And the goal is that they might stand before God in Zion. It is about a focus that is on a different type of value. It's about a focus that is on what God wants and what he's prepared for us rather than any alternative. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Very interesting. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked, for the Lord is the sun and the shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. Then there's that other intriguing thing, and we don't really have time to, to pause on this at the moment, other than just, just let's set it into what we're talking about in James. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Very, very intriguing to unstack that and to look at that. That's where the blessing is and what the good things are and what he doesn't withhold. Anything that rewording that you'd like to offer or are you still going through it? Give you a bit longer if you want. When you go through difficult times, oh, difficult times and respond by trusting God, you receive a reward which people today can recognize as being God's special favor on your life. Yep, that's good. Yeah. I notice that there are some of you that have the same gift as I have. You write in tongues and you need the gift of interpretation to read it. <laughs> People who go through dark times stand firm as you go through testing and you'll receive God's seal of approval in this life. When life gives you lemons, <laughs> don't give up, keep going. God will give you the ability to rule in life, turning your lemons into lemonade. <laughs> if you keep going and don't give up when things get difficult, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, then God will bless you and you'll be given the strength and empowered to overcome, survive life here and in heaven. Yeah. Quite good. I'm not marking them out of ten, but they, they look good to me. All right, so uh, the prize. What is the prize? Well, see what you come up with, but uh, according to this verse, it seems to be that the crown of life is the prize. When you look into that, you know, it's not sort of wearing something fancy on your head. Uh, what it actually means is the seal of God's approval. And sometimes with the, with the terminology and imagery, we can get uh, all sorts of weird things. I, I've never yet woken up in the morning thinking I'd like to wear you know, something with jewels in on my head. Uh, I've sometimes woken up thinking I'd like to wear something to keep my head warm, but not, not so much something fancy like that. No, the seal of God's approval. 
Um, you know, the Bible talks about receiving a well-done, good and faithful servant as being all that is necessary and all that is sufficient uh, for what we really want. We want to please him because we love him. This is not like a kind of test or an exam. It's something that comes from within. Because we love him, we want to please him. And that's basically how we're constructed from the time that we're born again in the Spirit of God. Uh, that's within us. Uh, something very key. So that's the prize. Um, the crown of life. The approval of God. The well done from God. Um, recognizing, of course, that we can't earn this. It's an amazing thing. It's not something you can earn. Well, if I'm really good, I'll, I'll earn this or something like that. No, it doesn't work like that anymore that we can earn our salvation. What we can do is by God's grace, his strength, his help, we make a decision to be obedient to him, to submit to his rule, and he gives us the power to do that. So let's have a look <clears throat> at, uh, was there anything else, Jamie, you wanted to give me there? Yeah, yeah, could do. I don't want you to work and then not, uh, not have the commendation of you being one of those that is read out to the assembled congregation. Requirements, love, joy, peace, patience, humility, gentleness, kindness, and self-control. Okay. Continually surrendering to God along the way to the goal. Yes. Yeah, that's good. All right. It's, it's good. It's not as good as mine, but it's good. Okay. Um, getting God's approval, living in his way. All right, let's have a look at uh, the requirements. And uh, looks like there's two requirements uh, from, from this verse. Uh, and uh, we need to just pick them up. Um, the one who perseveres under trial because having stood their test the person received the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him so we've got two particular requirements I don't know if you picked up uh, those things as well the persevering and the loving him and I want, I want us to understand that persevering is not the same as merely suffering we're talking about an enduring rather than an accepting. It's a, there's a different position to take. So we've got a little video. So um, I don't know if anyone's ever tried surfing, um, but I did um, for a little while. And there was one point where we went to France. Um, and is Michael here? Where is he? He's not here. Okay, um, and we'd um, we tried to try to surf in this particularly rough area, thinking, oh, oh we, we we could do it. And the first wave I caught, I went under, and I just came up and went under again and up and under again, and it just I was just completely battered by the waves, and it looked kind of like this. So just like the guy in that video clip, completely out of control. I, my whole being at that point was dictated by what was happening to me. The waves coming down, the undertow putting me under. I think by the end, I was just on my board, kind of trying to get out, just trying to get out the way. Meanwhile, you've got all these French surfers just dropping down and surfing either side of me. So um, there was a point in which I was suffering 
what was going on. And so we're talking about suffering. When we're talking about suffering, we're, we're using the illustration of kind of water splashing, right, like rapids. Okay. Just sort of tossed around. Uh, ever feel like this? Maybe constantly just about holding on, you know, holding it together. Feels like you're chasing your tail. Things are happening that just weren't planned. Everything feels too much. Nobody ever felt like that? Yeah, maybe, maybe you feel comfortable. Um, but if you think about it, you're, you're really a, a passenger. You're at the, at the mercy of the prevailing conditions. You're living life, but not really, not really engaging in it, just sort of uh, coasting along. I think well, th there's something in all this, uh, and I've been saying to people this week, you know, I, in all these things, brothers and sisters, I'm speaking to me as much as I'm speaking to you. I always think that's a healthy position to be. But there's a, there's a place... The circumstances don't change, but there's places of uh, enduring or persevering which are somewhat different to just uh, suffering and accepting. And I think there's something in this, certainly there's been something in this for me to be, uh, as I've said to people uh, as, that have asked me, uh, there is a constant choice between considering it all joy and saying, oh, here's another thing, or it's one thing on top of another, or it goes on and on. And it's very interesting uh, that we've embarked upon this uh, at such a time as this, certainly for me, that we can actually experience the reality of what God is saying, or it just becomes something that's in a book that maybe other people understand. I know for me, uh, I want to live in the experience of what God sets before us. This place of trusting, the place of joy, the place of coming closer, the place of knowing Him more, not just kind of somehow surviving. On the basis that, is it not true that survival is the lowest form of life? Is that not an accurate statement? If it isn't, I've just made it to be so, so you can always quote it. Survival is the lowest form of life. But that's not what God's called us to. God's called us to be more than conquerors. Let's just remind ourselves. Uh, Romans 8, verse 36. As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We consider the sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things we are more than conquerors. How? Through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height or depth nor any other creature can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. You see, there's a place that God has for us which is somehow doesn't take us out of it, but takes us through in a triumphant and overcoming way, not just a surviving, getting through somehow. 
And I, I think that's the point that, that comes to us as we look at this together uh, in James chapter 12. More than surviving. Blessed is the one who perseveres, endures under trial, not just suffers. And we have the confidence of overcoming. Revelation 12 talks about overcoming by the blood of the Lamb, by the testimony. And those are things which we are equipped with, uh, an experience that we can speak of, and the fact of what Jesus has done. So we have a look um, at the difference. Merely suffering or enduring in suffering. All right, we've got them pictures there. Yep. There we see just at the mercy of the trial as against being able to come to a decision of how to proceed. So a kind of victim, out of control, carried along by the trial. Life just happens as against responding. The responding shows about when we pick up the paddle. And I want us to understand paddle is not about self-effort self as though we can do it. The paddle is about God's grace. The paddle is about receiving from God the ability to live in what he's provided. You know, we've talked about it before. How can you live in forgiveness when you've been badly treated? Because if you choose to forgive, God's grace, otherwise defined in Hebrews 4.16 as strength to help in time of need, God's grace, God's supernatural empowering is there to enable us to live in the good of what he's given to us. And so picking up the paddle is a decision to say, you know, God has provided something different, something more. In spite of whatever the circumstance, in spite of the situation, not just to kind of go through it, but to actually uh, find his place and come to this place of love. Instead of uh, being, uh, life just happens, up the creek without a paddle, whatever next, it's one thing after another. Actually being able to respond to the trial with the, with the paddle, the grace of God in our hand, keeping our eyes on the goal, the goal that we might receive that crown of life, the approval of God, stand before him in Zion. And therefore, out of that receive the, the patience and the consistence Consistency. I, I remember a little while ago, um, I, don't, I don't see Jolie here. Not hiding. Yeah. I remember Jolie, and you'll probably remember this, um, talking about being in that awful situation which they were for that period of time in the hostel. And suddenly coming to a place of, instead of being focused on the difficulty of being there and the hardships involved in being there, actually none of that changed. But what changed was she suddenly saw something of what is in God's plan? What is, in, what is the opportunity that God is giving me in this situation? And that very thought transformed how she was, the circumstances, did, the hostel didn't change but it changed how she was in that situation 
and she began to think about others that were there and, in fact, how she could serve and help them. And I think that kind of, in a practical life way, sums up the sort of thing. Yeah, it, it wasn't the circumstance, but something of the grace of God came to her and she was able to look at it and face it in a different way. So we don't want to be merely uh, suffering, merely uh, going through it, but in what we're calling enduring suffering. Second requirement is not, of course, just to somehow get through, but the verse seems to say uh, that the approval of God is given to those uh, who come through that and love him. Requirement that we love him. Um, the goal of our struggles uh, is to help us really to come to a deeper place of loving him more and knowing him more. And really, um, if it doesn't, there's got a really query, what is, what is the point? In fact, the Bible tends to say it profits us nothing. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. So it's not just coming through, it's not just enduring, but somehow in the grace and goodness of God coming to a new place of relationship with him. And if we consider that God has overseen and does oversee everything that is happening to us, and his goal is that we come through to a place of greater uh, relationship with him, then we understand that not, not it becomes acceptable, but that there is a purpose that he has which goes way beyond the immediates of our circumstances. Those who love him. So, there's different ways we can come through. We can pass through the trials, uh, begrudging of God's failure to protect us from difficulties. Uh, yes, that's not a picture of me. Uh, it is possible. And because it's possible, it's also possible to be released from that. And we've said all the way through, this is about training and equipping. And if, when we touch on something like this, you think, hmm, hmm, I wasn't very happy with God. Uh, you could almost put me in the category of begrudging this thing or the failure of that thing or the absence of that or the presence of this. The whole purpose of this, when God brings us to it, is that he would actually touch our hearts, convict us of something, and say, you don't have to carry that. You, this day, can be released from that wrong response because simply you now see that's not the response that I have designed for you. You can turn from that and be set free from that. You can make it through with grit and determination and I'm afraid miss out on the surpassing greatness of knowing him. Uh, it just is not what he intends. But I want to take you back to something else. Many of you will remember because uh, 
Mark McGrath, who, by the way, will be with us again next month, um, has got an amazing ability in teaching and communicating. And most of us remember things that he brings to us. And I want to remind you of something. I think it was maybe the last time he was with us. I can't exactly remember which time it was. But he talked about naming it. Do you remember that? About naming what the thing was. The name that we give to it determines the nature of it. And I can't go back over that. I guess we could look at it. Um, it would probably be available if you wanted to look at it or hear it again. But we can make the trial about surviving and just miss out on the conquering. But whatever we call it, it kind of becomes. So if it's a waste of time, and we call it a waste of time, it basically becomes a waste of time. There's no profit in it. It's Genesis 2.19 if you want to look at where he got it from. The Lord formed out of the ground all the wild animals, all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. And I, I believe and feel that we can choose what we name these um, trials that James 12, uh, 1, 12 talks about. We can name it as a waste of time. We can name it as an interruption. We can name it as an opportunity to find God in a new place, in a new way. How we name it is about how it becomes to us. And we can use it, of course, in the way that he intends that we get to know and love him more. They mean we have to hang on to him and his promises in the face of suffering trials. We might lose the odd thing, but hanging on to him. So, here's what I'm suggesting. Let's look to God, who enables us to stand during the suffering, and who puts the paddle called grace in our hands. And gives us the opportunity to respond according to this verse that we're looking at today. He doesn't promise that we'll never face trials, but he's promised to be with us in them. We can choose to endure and just suffer. We can choose to love him more or become bitter and proud or just survive. Let's have a look at this a particular point in it that we wanted to, to draw out, and, it, and it's that point there, that, that point where all of the struggles were so, so big, she was collapsing underneath it. Um, it using the other analogy, it was like she'd capsized and lost, lost her paddle. She, was, she had no control. She couldn't stand in the grace that, that God had. But that was the point where he stepped in, and he covered, and he sheltered her so that she could stand once more. And that's the thing that we believe God wants to do with us today. He wants to say, let, let me come and shelter you so that you can stand. Because in life, he doesn't promise that we won't have struggles. But for those that feel like they're completely beaten up, their life is dictated to them by their struggles, 
God wants to do that for you today. He wants to shelter you so that you can stand where you choose to access his grace and say, God, let this time be about knowing you more. Let this be about loving you more. Psalm 91, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. That's his promise. The psalmist said in 73, he said, but as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the burdens common to man. They are not plagued by human ills. He goes on. And then he comes to the conclusion of that. He says this, when I tried to understand all this, it was, a, it was oppressive to me till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood the final destination. We're talking about the sanctuary of God. We're talking about that place where we pick up the paddle, that place of touching him, that place of grace, that place of release uh, from everything else. Uh, that place of knowing him so we're not just at the mercy of the waves. I like this in Psalm 34, verse 4 says, I sought the Lord, and guess what? He answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. That's our God. That's what he's saying to us. This day, as we come before him, again, it's an invitation, not just to struggle, not just to survive, but to find what he has purposed that leads to the, the seal of his approval, the crown of life that God has promised to those that love him. Let's turn to him. Let's worship him. Let's make a response to him. This one thing I know, everywhere I go, Jesus' love never failed me yet. This one thing I know, everywhere I go, Jesus' love never failed me yet. Oh, hallelujah. His love never failed. Come on, let's just take that again. This one thing. This is a statement. This is a place of assurance. It's a declaration everywhere, in every circumstance, in every situation. Jesus' love never failed. Oh, Lord, take us deeper into that place of your love, into that place that you have prepared for us, into that experience that is nothing to do with prevailing circumstances, that place where we indeed experience the considering it all joy, the place where we come deeper into your love, that place where we touch you. Lord, as we saw on the video, that place where you intervene and we come into the, into the new place of your presence. Lord, we just lift up your name. We love you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. We love your name.
I can see the storm clouds coming my way And I need to find a shelter before it starts to rain So I turn and run to you, you're the only place to go Where unfailing love surrounds me when I need it most You're my hiding place, safe in your embrace I'm protected from the storm that rages When the waters rise and I run too high Lord, in you, I'll find my hiding place I'm not asking you to take away my troubles, Lord Cause it's through the stormy weather I love to trust you more So I thank you for your promise I have come to know your unfailing love surrounds me when I need it most. You're my hiding place, in your embrace. I'm protected from the storm that rages when the waters rise and I run too high. Lord, I find my hiding place. Don't let your people seek you where you may be found. Cause you're our only refuge when the rain comes pouring down. You're my hiding place, safe in your embrace. I'm protected from the storm that rages When the waters rise and I run too high The Lord in you, I find my hiding place Lord in you, I find my hiding place You're my hiding place, safe in your embrace. I'm protected from the storm that rages. When the waters rise and I run too high, Lord, in you, I'll find my hiding place. You're my hiding in place, safe in your embrace, I'm protected from the storm that rages. When the waters rise, when the waters rise, and I run and hide, when I run to hide, Lord, in you, I find my hiding place. Lord, in you. I'll find my life.